Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rush Lake Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, man, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet for you. Uh, we got all kinds of uh, unique games this weekend, so much so that I'm having a really difficult time finding four downs of bets for you. Uh, it's just tough, man. We got all kinds of close matchups. The lines seem to be really good, and uh, yeah, and far as gambling content goes uh on this week's podcast man i'm having a tough one now our fantasy football stuff is fantastic this is uh it's as close a race as we've had in a really long time in the east division um tons of us are within one game of the lead uh save for you know our last place guy um and it just is shaping up to be quite the sort of race playoff push type thing for our fantasy stuff. So that's going to be fun. But before we do that, uh, we always start off with four downs of gambling content. Now, I don't normally do a, a recap of the week before uh, just because, I don't know, I don't think people usually care all that much about it. And by the time we get to uh, this point in the week, everybody's like, you know, on to the next one. So at least I am. But Last week, I thought it was pretty unique. If you uh, followed the pod and you bet with the pod within a span of about, I don't know, five minutes, you went from a moment of pure euphoria to, you know, just wanting to vomit. Uh, The Detroit Lions get that gift of a win from Atlanta. We were on Detroit. And I'm not going to lie, I had already marked it off as a loss uh, as Antlon is driving down. I didn't think anything of it. But out of nowhere, Todd Gurley scores. And there's that glimmer of hope. And then there's a handful of passes later. And the next thing you know, holy crap, Lions win. And I had turned the my television to that to kind of once, – once I had uh, gotten – Oh, I was listening to it on the radio as well. And once the radio sort of freaked out that uh, that first pass was caught, uh, I immediately turned the TV back, and I was just like, "All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna live with this, right?" And um, I quickly uh, switched the radio broadcast that I had over to the Cleveland Browns because that was the other game that we were kind of following, and so I thought we were we were done for. We were gonna lose both bets. Um, and the Browns uh, started their own little, like, comeback. So I sat with the Lions. I watched the Lions. I cheered the Lions. And then the Browns score. And, I mean, we're, you know, my living room is a buzz, man. I got the kids all dancing. Everybody's excited. I threw the dog out the house. Like, everything is wonderful. And the next thing you know, the Browns missed the extra point. And three and a half doesn't cash. And I like sit down and I'm just like, oh, what just happened? And the kids, you know, they don't know. They're still cheering and dancing and, you know, but like it just, for some reason, floored me. Like I just, I could not believe that I went from. 3 and 0 cuz we had already won one that day. So I went we were 3 and 0 to 2 and 1 just like that within a span of like oh, 
few minutes of each other. Oh, man. Awful. Awful Sunday for the pod, man. I can't believe. Cody Parkey is easily within the the ranks of the most despised people. And, I mean, I don't even know him. I, I couldn't care less at this point. Make the effing extra point and i don't even like mention your name but with with everything associated with that guy now oh man he's up there with uh who else does the pod hate the pod hates him pete carroll and the eastern time zone i'm only gonna say that because i can't stay awake for any sort of night football game it's just too late and most of the time I'm trying to burn the midnight oil on Saturdays or watch the Mountain West Conference, which if you don't, you know, stay up with the Mountain West. Like, what are you doing with your weekend? But, like, oh, man, that was so gut-wrenchingly awful. Now, with that said, let me uh, throw out four new picks for you this week that I think will be equally as awful because this was just a tough week. So uh, first thing that we're going to jump on, we're going to jump on the Tennessee Titans. They, if they had a field goal kicker, um, who knows? Maybe they come back and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I was, I was listening to stuff. I was trying to gather info for this, and I heard one uh, sort of like national pundit guy was like, "Oh, you know, they they look terrible. Tennessee, you know, got all their points and their stuff in garbage time. Like, if the game's in question." It's not garbage time. So, like, whenever they line up uh, at the end there with the crazy important field goal, uh, you can't can't call that garbage time. Like, if you're still within the potential to tie or win the game, not garbage time. So, uh, granted, yes, they started horribly slow. Uh, Pittsburgh jumped all over them. But then the Steelers did nothing in the second half. And for Pittsburgh, this is really their – biggest win of the year so like it was huge but then seeing tennessee kind of come back and the way in which they sort of controlled the second half um i felt pretty positive about it crazy enough i mean tennessee's kind of had a rough stretch here um so they're giving up six points to cincinnati this is i guess more about cincinnati and not so much about tennessee cincinnati has terrible run defense um, but worse yet, they're quitting on their team, um, particularly defensive side. Uh, they just traded uh, Carlos Dunlap um, to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, we're talking like a dude that was, uh, oh man, in the top three, I believe, for sacks as a defensive end uh, in that franchise's history. I mean, like a pretty big staple on that D line. And he had gotten to the point where they told him just not even show up to practice. Like that's how surly, I guess you could call it. Uh, he and the team got, I mean, that's supposed to be one of your veteran leaders essentially requesting a trade. It's happening a lot. Um, we've had a handful of weeks now where, um, people on the sidelines of the game are, are, you know, kind of like, calling to be traded and just openly complaining and it's sinking quickly uh also uh mixon is hurt and so they're going to be uh, giovanni bernard um you know heavy again and nothing wrong with geo he used to be on my fantasy team love that dude but he's kind of old 
and he's a little back and they really need um sort of the the balance between Mixon and Gio. Gio is no longer a a workhorse of a running back. I mean, he's just kind of older. Um it's got a windy forecast which does not help Cincinnati as they're going to need to throw the ball to kind of stay in the game. Uh I don't know if backdoor Joe Burrow can make a fourth quarter comeback if it is indeed going to be as windy as everybody says and let's face it Tennessee after uh, dropping the game to Pittsburgh they very easily could go up there with Derrick Henry the king and just run Cincinnati over and you know there's there's all sorts of ways to lose a football game I mean tons of ways to lose a football game but when you get run over it just hits different it's it's demoralizing you don't really want to continue fighting i mean like people give up when they get run over if you go and you play in a game and you know they throw the ball around and and you lose by three scores it doesn't you know have that same carryover you're like oh man they got a couple lucky breaks you know and you shrug and it's whatever but when you get beat up it just has such a different vibe to it. it. It really does linger. And I feel as though Tennessee has that that sort of edge to them that they very well could just go to Cincinnati, run them over, and, uh, and that game will be uh, done somewhat quickly, even though the score might not reflect it until the end. So the Titans giving up six points, I, I feel like that's a pretty good one. Um, and... Second down, second down, we're going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. They're getting three points. Um, They are at Cleveland. This is another one of those potential watch out for the weather type things as the whole Midwest, I guess, is going to be potentially very, very windy. Um, Both teams score tons of points, and both teams have a a really bad defense, and so there should be just a crazy amount of points scored in this thing. Um, we have it power rated, uh, Cleveland minus one. So to get, you know, two points, I mean, it's not crazy valuable, but, uh, we have this score to be really, really close. And I don't know, I don't really feel like there's home field advantage anymore. Uh, that not with enough, the crowd and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of feel pretty good, um, about the Raiders heading over there. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt, so he's out. Um, Cleveland still only has the one running back. It'll be, uh, Kareem Hunt, um, Cleveland and on the season is plus six in turnover differential. Now I know that's like a, whatever stat it feels like, but not so much turnover differential. You can't predict turnovers. Like I know teams practice forcing turnovers all the time, but you can't really like bank on getting turnovers and so to be plus six you're pretty fortunate so you might even consider them lucky so for cleveland to have beaten all these bad teams that they have needed this plus six uh, i'm gonna say that maybe they're not as good as what they've shown uh baker mayfield was eh, last week um and let's face it they needed to have a big time rally um, just to kind of cover at the end of the game. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones catches his very first touchdown pass like of his career. 
uh, <laughs> for those of you Michigan fans, might might feel like for forever. Uh, but like, yeah, it it just it doesn't seem as though Cleveland is on the upswing, whereas Las Vegas have a ton of fight in them here lately. Um, their offense is doing surprisingly well, like really, really well. Like I was not a fan of Derek Carr going into the season, but I mean he hasn't completely sucked, which is wild to to say, uh, because I honestly thought they were going to be one of the teams that will be uh, shopping for a QB uh, in the off season. I don't know if they are now. I mean, he's played that well, so. I don't know. I just feel as though uh, it's the story. One team's on the downward swing where the other one is on the upward swing. Uh, I think Las Vegas is a a sneaky play to actually win the game overall, uh, and I like them getting three points. Then we got third down. Third down is like the big game, and I usually hate betting on the big game of the week because that's where all like the public money and things like that comes in, messes with the line, and... It's kind of it's kind of hard to get a good number usually on it. Um, I also just really don't like betting on the game because, uh, in that weird like cynical way, it always feels like the you know primetime matchup has some sort of goofy crap happen in the NFL, and I just it just doesn't I don't know I just don't trust it. But uh, this week. When Baltimore and Pittsburgh play, I mean, like, let's face it, that's the game. Like, if there was any game to watch in the NFL this week, it's Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And I feel like it's kind of been like that for years now. I mean, this is one of the best rivalries we've got going on, if not the best rivalry uh, in terms of both teams being competitive, both teams uh, looking to win championships, you know, that sort of thing. So um currently baltimore is a three and a half point favorite and as much as this pains me to say because i mean like we we root for the pittsburgh steelers in my household um baltimore is the side to play here um john harbaugh off a bye is crazy good historically worse yet harbaugh off a bye at home is crazy good Pittsburgh is on back-to-back road games for the first time this year, uh, which is difficult to manage. Not now, albeit they haven't traveled like across country or anything like that, but it is difficult to manage, especially with uh, this year and travel restrictions and things of that sort. Um, I just don't have that clear-cut Pittsburgh's good vibe, and I know that's crazy to say because. They just beat Tennessee in the big game last week and stuff. But if you just take a look at their overall wins, I mean, yeah, they beat Tennessee. But then they beat Cleveland, Philadelphia, Houston, and Denver. Uh, I wouldn't consider any of those four teams good. Now, granted, Baltimore had a two-point win over Philadelphia before last week. So, I mean, that's not good either. But Lamar Jackson's been hurt. Uh, had a knee issue uh they say he's healthy running around quite a bit i feel as though my handicap on this is very lamar centered in that the pittsburgh steelers have a brand new um middle linebacker uh guy out of western and the dude is bringing it It, it's 
some of the videos that have been running around on Twitter, uh, his goal line fill against uh, Derrick Henry the other day. I mean, that's that's an amazing collision. Super entertaining to watch. But he's not really the caliber athlete that's going to be able to run down somebody like Lamar Jackson. I mean, you can, I mean, at least I can. I can already see this scenario running in my head where uh, Baltimore in a condensed formation uh, motions the running back out and now all of a sudden they're technically empty. The box will have to empty to a degree, right? I mean, I know tons of people are like, go ahead and let Lamar throw it. But to a degree, the box has to empty. And now you're matching up a Mac linebacker against Lamar Jackson. Like that's not a great matchup for Pittsburgh. I feel as though Lamar probably is the fantasy play this week. I mean, if anybody does daily fantasy stuff, I mean, he's primed to have uh, a fantastic game just considering he's healthy. They had an entire week to prep for this and he's going up against uh backup linebackers. Uh that this this feels like one of those you know, rush for a hundo, throw for a hundo type ordeals. Now, I'm also a little concerned because usually the scores in these games are in the three to four range. So, I mean, like only getting or only giving three and a half, like I would love for this number to be at three. I would feel so much better if it's at three. If you can get it at three, jump on it. But... um the simple fact that uh, this game is almost always close. Mike Tomlin's going to be all rah-rah because that's just the best thing that he's got. And uh, it will feel like a close game all the way up and through to the end. But I just feel as though Baltimore will be better prepared getting that week off uh, beforehand. And uh, I think that for third down... This is the best play. Now, I don't know if you could tell in my voice, I'm not a super fan of any of these games. I mean, I'm, I might put, you know, five bucks on it. Like, it's nothing right now. I mean, it's, it's, it is, they all three are going to be extremely close. Um, and then I had a terrible time finding fourth down just because, uh, I don't know, there's not very many good lines out there. Um, the first one I thought of, no joke, I, I saw it uh, drop on, what, Tuesday morning. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, playing Detroit. Uh, Indy had a bye. It, all, all things um, made me feel as though, especially after watching last week, that Detroit is still not good. I mean, they, they almost choked away a game again in the fourth quarter. Their their offense is sporadic. They don't play defense very well for a defensive-minded coach. Um, they continue to give the ball to Adrian Peterson uh, in the red zone, who, like, PFF and all these statistical websites are saying is one of the worst running backs in the league in the red zone and they just continue to give it to that old man so like i don't get it so everything is telling me go ahead and jump on indy but then you know i even looked again today dude the line is still two and a half like nobody's playing this game no 
nobody's on it. Usually you can see, you know, where the money's coming in at and the line moves a little bit or, you know, you can see if there's some tickets on one side or the other. Dude, there's there's nothing, man. Like the, this this is nobody's watching. So so I kind of don't want to jump on that one. Uh, I think fourth down, what would be most entertaining for everyone is to just embrace Tua time. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is the new quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Now, uh, I even talked to a couple of people this week about it. I don't think this is a good idea. Um, I thought Fitzmagic uh, was doing a fantastic job. I actually thought that the Miami Dolphins were really competitive, playing hard, uh, trending upward. Uh, everything was looking solid. And then they go into the bye and they announce that Tua is the new starting quarterback, and you're just sort of like, wow, like, really? They're playing so good, you know? And now you're just going to throw a rookie out there against the Los Angeles Rams? You know, you're going to have the dude's very first start against Aaron Donald? Like, somebody that, I mean, we're all assuming that he's healthy. I mean, they wouldn't play him, obviously, if he wasn't. But still, yeah, like, (laughs) this is his first action uh, since, like, a major surgery uh, he's going to go up against one of the best, uh, you know, defensive linemen in the, within the last decade. So, man, I don't know. <laughs> it, I would have been in the camp to say, let this dude sit all year, essentially. I mean, why rush it? Um, what, what do you what do you gain if uh, he plays now? And I still don't know the answer. I, I don't. I still don't get why Tua is in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're off a bye. And, uh, but that's that's really the only thing I got going for them. Uh, uh, L.A. actually travels really well. Um, Sean McVay is oh, his, on the East Coast. He was like 7-1 and one in his last eight games. Uh, he I don't know what he's done that's different than anybody else, but he seems to have the West to East Coast travel thing down. So, I mean, that that's not a good uh, angle for it. They do have a short week, and so that's going to be kind of a big deal. And um, they don't have any real film on Tua, so, I mean, just the, the general prep for it will be different. So hopefully maybe Miami can throw some stuff out there. Um what I'm hoping to kind of see and and project here is um, the Miami preparedness uh, should show up early. So even if you don't like the overall game, you can bet just the first half. And Miami should have some value in the first half considering uh, the Rams have no idea what to expect really. I mean, we say that, they always do. But they kind of don't know what to expect. And uh, two of them should have their script extremely well rehearsed um but yeah uh i don't even know if i would even play the the side on this i know miami's getting three and a half but man if you want miami you gotta go miami all the way they're plus 160 on the money line and that's where i'd hit it it's dolphins and tua to win or like forget it so that's fourth down taking the dolphins the underdog to win straight up why not all right, now let's jump into our fantasy football stuff. Uh, fantasy's getting getting feisty here. Uh, we've got 
a serious gridlock thing in the top four spots in the east uh obviously perennial losers is one and six so they're you know where they always are but like the rest of us my goodness van buren boys Eastside Panda Cartel, Backwood Bastards, and Battle Harden. In that order, uh, everybody's just one game back. I know ESPC, I, I was in the, oh, man, like, I was already doing the my draft order stuff. Like, <laughs> who am I going to get in this first round? And then last week, out of freaking nowhere, uh, I win. And it was kind of a big deal. <laughs> I mean, I did not expect to win at all. But um, I don't know. It was it was just um, magic. I, I scored 148 points, and I, I beat Van Buren boys 148 to 133. And uh, a lot of that was sparked by um, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, came back and uh had an amazing game caught several touchdown passes and yeah i was hoping that he was going to be good i didn't think he was going to be that good and it kind of spurred a big victory for the pandas so hey somebody's closer and uh it's i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm not gonna lie it's awesome uh so we're all within one game of first place so with that in mind, um, the best team in the league is still Gray Fox. They're 7-0 in the West. Um, they have scored at this point 100 or almost 100 points more than the Van Buren boys. Um, they, they look fantastic. Uh, there's not a whole lot that you can nitpick on Gray Fox. Um, he's got a two-game lead over both Ramrod and Dan, so it's uh it's pretty serious. Um, Gray Fox could have this thing locked up within the next few weeks. Uh, now, I had to do some digging, and I don't believe we've ever had an undefeated regular season by a team before. I'll continue to look. I didn't look all the way back through all those years because I don't know if you've known this or not, but we've been doing it for quite a while now. But this could be history in the making. If they, if Gray Fox legit has an undefeated regular season, I'll be blown away. But I think better yet, if Gray Fox seems to go undefeated for the entire season, I, I personally will, will buy the champagne and and we'll we'll rival the 70s dolphins like we'll, we'll we will celebrate this thing in style because that that would be quite the feat um this week gray fox is going to be taking on old nan um and right now dan is projected to have a higher total than the gray fox the first time i believe this year that Gray Fox is trailing, essentially, uh, in any sort of projection. So right now we've got a 146-143 as of this current recording, and that would be absolutely electric if that stands. Um, ESPC takes on old Team Ramrod. Uh, ESPC 141.7, Ramrod 142.9 
crazy close, like uh, stupidly close. Like I don't understand. I just, oh man, that that is going to be awful if that actually plays out, and I and I lose by like point something. But still, yeah, um, awesomely close game. You also have uh, Battle Harden uh, taking on Team Dunheesel. Um, Battle Harden as a ugly projection right now of just 100. However, uh, if he does set the lineup, I mean, cross your fingers, uh, he does have Lamar Jackson on his team, and I just kind of got done saying how I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a breakout weekend. So, yeah, despite the fact that he's given up 21 projected points to Dunheesel, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the old Battle Harden takes that one again, uh, which would unfortunately leave old Dunheasel still winless on the year. Uh, next game, we got the Backwoods Bastards against the Van Buren Boys. Remember, Bastards are only one game out of first place. Uh, they're trailing the Van Buren Boys right now, 125 to 137. So that is a huge game in the East. And then lastly, we've got Perennial Losers uh, projected 90 points, taking on the Pandaville Pork Swords. Um, yeah, that's another typical Losers game. So uh, hopefully everybody can kind of make sure that you're you're keeping up with your stuff. Uh, we've had some unique injuries as of late, some, some unique COVID news and, and whatnot. Hopefully you're powering through all of that you can kind of have a full roster and you can keep things going in the right direction um we are on the the back end of this i mean we're we're, it sounds crazy but we're already week eight i mean this is beyond the halfway point so to speak now so down the home stretch uh hopefully everybody's doing well and good luck to all of you we miss you and we'll see you soon Remember, you win with the pot, you lose with the pot.